I have not seen this movie, and Kate has seen this movie, so we're doing reverse we're network. Switching it up today, yeah. And by today, I mean the same day as network. Is this network. the one with Michael Jackson in it? Yeah, it is. Okay. We're watching The Wiz. And what's that based off? What's The Wiz based off of? Now you might be shocked to hear this. Nightmare Alley. Yeah. How did you know? Well, no, I was go it's with... based off The Wizard of Oz. Mm. Did you know they're remaking The Wizards of? I'm sorry, I'm getting manic. Do you, did you know they? they're? Yeah. Um, the With guy who? that just did, oh, what's his fucking name? Um, God damn it. Kenya Barris? You know Kenya Barris? I think it's Kenya Barris. He's remaking The Wizard of Oz. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I'm always a little bit out of the loop. You know how it is. I feel like you always know things before I do. I, I, I'm tuned in on very specific things. And then on everything else, I'm just a little bit out. Yeah. Is it Kenya Barris, maybe? Well, I'm just trying to see if they have any, like, if there's an IMDb page for the a new remake. Mm. It doesn't look like there's one yet. So it must be very Um. New. Yeah. Ugh, remaking The Wizard of Oz. Why? We are in an age of remakes. Stop it. Even Get some help. The most important important biggest movies we're remaking we're gonna remake the wizard of oz and it's gonna be three hours you're doing harry potter into a tv series yeah i don't want to talk about it i'm not happy with it but i do think like obviously books like that are better for and this is somebody that grew up with those movies i think harry potter would have been better as a tv series but i don't think they should be doing it do you know what i mean no i think the movies are so iconic yeah and they do, like, I, I get what you're saying, but those movies did such a great job at adapting that material. They did. They did. Yeah. That, I mean, what what is the point of making a new series? What is beyond, I want money now, please. Mm-hmm. What is the point? You don't have anything new to add to this story. Also, it's a, I know. nobody really I, wants more Harry Potter material. Right. We Which, don't really want to support Miss Rowling at the moment. because... Did any of those cast members again. agree with her? Because they all were like, no, we're not, we don't believe what she believes. I think all of them were like, yeah, we stand with trans people. We're not. Yeah, I don't want to say something and be wrong. I don't know. but I think there was maybe one or two that was like, I still really like her. Yeah. And But I, I remember hearing about that. I didn't pay a lot of attention because I was like, I, I yeah. just don't care. It does suck as a fan. Yeah. I, those... They're so important to me, those books and those movies. Um, like my mom would read those books yeah. to us when we were kids, my sister and I. Um, also, when I say I don't care, I mean like I just I'm not going to keep up with this because I know how I feel about it and I'm not going to. I don't feel the need to stay up to date with every new stupid thing she says. People are just wild. I. I that's the hill you want to die on? I still haven't figured really? out. Like xenophobia, homophobia, transphobia. I don't get it. No. And I think that's a good thing. I don't think you really need to understand it. <laughs> Can you imagine it. next episode we open with, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> no. I, it, I just don't. 
No, we're Tucker Carlson listeners on Broovies. Anyways, we welcome to Broovies. Don't put that out there into the world. <laughs> I'm joking. Nobody's a I'm Tucker joking. Carlson listener anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but politics aside, The Wiz by Sidney Lumet. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a way to start this Isn't particular Tina episode. Isn't Tina Turner in this? I don't think so. It's Diana Ross. Diana Ross. You son of a and bitch. And she's so good. Oh my god. I you are not a musical man. This, so let's get that so right out there. Me. I always get Tina Turner and Diana Ross mixed they up. They are wildly different. I, I don't know. know how you're doing my that. My mom roasts me all the time because my As mom she loves should. Diana Ross. She goes, How could you ever think those two are the same? I'm like, <laughs> like not even sorry. They don't sound similar. They don't look similar. I listen to like Alex Turner, okay? I'm bland. I, do, I know this. I have a bit of salt in me, but no seasoning. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to explain to these people. Um no, she's fabulous in this. Michael Jackson is in this. Mm-hmm. Um, let me pull up a full cast list because there's a lot of really great. So performers. it's just a. I didn't. We didn't do this last week with network, but because uh, I just like I think it's like one or two things in the intro. Like, oh, this is what you have to look forward to. But would you like to say anything to me as somebody that doesn't know anything about the Wiz? How would you like me to go into this experience? Um, but just before we segue. It also stars Nipsey Russell as Tin Man and Ted Ross as the Lion, um, among many other fabulous performers. Nipsey Russell's the shit. I forgot that Richard Pryor is the Wiz. Bro, this movie's about yeah. to be nuts. No, this, this movie is great. This musical is great. Um, it's a musical. It is a musical. The music is fabulous. I really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. As somebody who's never seen it, and somebody who's generally not a musical fan, mm-hmm. I think my my piece of advice, my wisdom to impart on you, would be go in with an open mind. It's not a straight retelling of The Wiz or The Wizard of Oz. It's its own thing, mm-hmm. but it uses The Wizard of Oz as a base. And it's just appreciate it for what it is. It's so much fun. It's also set in Harlem, isn't it? Um, I think that's where it starts. Obviously, then it transfers to Oz. This only has five and a half stars on IMDb. I need all of you to go fix that immediately. People are so not based. Okay, you know what's really funny? They're not based at all. I was at Liberty's, uh, like, mm-hmm. formal the other week, and I was, we were sitting at, like, a four top, and we were with two of her girlfriends. And Caroline said something, and I was like, that's so based. And her, Caroline's date, her best friend, Julianne, like tug on me like this because like we're sitting like at a corner and i leaned in she goes okay i don't know what base means and i'm too afraid to ask and this has been going on for so long i go julianne i don't know either and then she like <laughs> lost it and caroline and liberty were like what are you guys laughing about you just use it I'm all like, the just, time just say it. it feels really good she was based I'm like yeah doesn't that feel good she's like yeah it does <laughs> her laughing her asses off um Here's a synopsis. A base synopsis, yeah. Benopsis? Give us that benopsis. Yeah, I love a good benopsis. Um, An adaptation of The Wizard of Oz that tries to capture the essence of the African-American experience. And yes, Dorothy is originally from Harlem in this one. Um, He's playing Toto in this. A dog. Wow. What else would it be? A New York City rat? Can you imagine? That'd that actually be kind of funny. I'd like that more. Um, <laughs> than a dog? 
Yeah, it'd be Look fucking dark. New York City rats, Toto. Come on, Toto. It's like <laughs> following around Diana Ross, little rat. Dude, the last time I was in New York, or not with you, but the time before that, I think uh-huh. how we were walking down. We were like an out. Well, I guess it's not Alphabet City anymore, but we were like down the Lower East Side. And I am fucking walking down the street. You did tell me that. Yeah, this. between Fifth and Fourth uh-huh. Street, and a fucking rat. Huge. The thing was like a shit zoo. It went between <laughs> my legs. I was like, ah! <laughs> Liberty's like, ah! We're screaming. People are <laughs> laughing at us. The thing was probably bigger than Lib's feet. Oh, yeah. Doesn't take much. She's got tiny little feet. I call them baby feet. That is wild to me. Doll feet. I've yeah. been a size nine since I was like 10. You're size nine? Yeah, I got your big feet. feet. Let me see your foot. I got big feet. I mean, you do not have big feet. I mean, they're, they're not like size crazy nine. big, but. You and Mel, size nine. You would have thought I'd be taller for size nine feet. You act like you have like Jesse Owens feet. You're fine. <laughs> They did say that I was going to be 5'9 when I went to the doctors my whole childhood. They were like, yeah, she's going to be really? about 5'9. Yeah. Oh, shit. And then I didn't. I'm stuck at 5'7. Before we talk about drinks, uh, mm-hmm. my glucose levels. I got my labs back. Let's get into it. Then tell you about this. Give us the breakdown. Would you like to review my urine and blood samples? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, we'll do that That's while we That's my favorite pastime. Uh, everything was fine. Uh-huh. I just, I mean... I went, I'm, I'm fine. I just went to, I do a yearly checkup and I just do all my tests, but. How I, was the STD test? Um, I do have gonorrhea. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for you. Whatever. It just smells a little bit. So you asked. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, but I should ask if it was positive. You could just get yes or no. Now I know too much. Well, you know, it could be. A, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonorrhea and monkeypox. Anyways. Damn. Hard. But my glucose levels. Okay. Off the fucking charts. And I freaked out because like I'm not a hypochondriac, but I am a hypochondriac. Yeah. Anytime I'm anxious, Kate likes to, instead of comfort me, likes to give me shit. Let's get that on the recording. Yeah. Let's get it on the record. And does it work? (laughs) Do you feel better? No. I feel worse. I'm scared. You're like, you're a a hypochondriac. Like, Kate, I'm going to die. Anyways, I was at 135, and I'm freaking out, and I call my mom. I'm like, oh, I'm at a 135, and they said my blood pressure was high, which the blood pressure thing didn't, because I, I hate Yeah, I that's hate just nerves from being and, there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my mom's like, what did you eat before? Because I haven't gotten a blood test in forever. I'm like, I can't remember. I think, yeah. She goes, what did you eat? I'm like, a whole Chipotle burrito bowl. She goes, yeah, I think I know why your glucose is high. <laughs> so anyways... Gonorrhea in, diabetes is out. So we're good on that front. Okay, good. Okay. I mean, I, I think it's, your mother is absolutely correct on this one. You don't eat anywhere near enough sugar in your life to be pre-diabetic. I, my dad is pre-diabetic and my grandpa had type 2 diabetes. So I'm scared that that dog is in me and it's going to come oh, out. You and me both. I, oh, we, right. Because Vic is also, yeah. At both of my grandparents or grandfathers oh, really? on both sides are diabetic. So I, I I got that dog in me for sure. We both got that dog in us. Yeah, I got to be careful. We would be funny if we were both diabetic. I feel like it would weirdly I be... I would irritate the fuck out of me. ...comforting if you also had diabetes, if I had diabetes. Yeah, if, if we like... Had it together. Went through it together, sure. We'd both get cut off each other's toes. But if I'm like, I already have so many... <laughs> you want a drink? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we got to... Let's <laughs> hurry this along. All right. What are we drinking? We're drinking... An Osmopolitan. 
And an Osmopolitan. An Osmopolitan. I think that I will go on record saying that is my favorite drink name thus far on the yeah, show. Yeah, I thought it was really cute. That's good. Um, it's gin, green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and lime juice. So gin. not beating the diabetes allegations today. Gin. Lots of sugar in that one. It'll be delicious, though. I'll have to drink it, like. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, but, with that. <laughs> between the chartreuse and the maraschino liquor, you're not even going to taste it, but it'll do the job. Oh, God. All right, let's go to Oz, babes. All right, roll the tape. Let's ease on down the road, baby. Ease on down. Ease on down the road. We start doing a two-step for the Patreon content. I'll I'll teach you how to do it. It's not hard. I make enough Patreon jokes. People are going to start thinking we have a Patreon. We will one day. Yeah. We don't yet. Um, you want to do star rating? Yeah. Let me think. He's calculating all the numbers. He's doing the math. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, four. Three. Okay. That's better than I thought you were going to give it. I would say two and a half, but I feel like that is too negative Nelly. Three is like for this. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really into it at any point. Well, I mean, no, I was into it because I think it's like there's just so much talent happening in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like that cast is just... Yeah. Young MJ. You know, just all everybody is just such a good entertainer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said. You're not you a have, musical guy. No, but you have a lot of thoughts. I do have a lot of thoughts. This is your market. It's been a while since I watched this. This is your network. Yeah. Your I, I think King. I really, I haven't like sat down to watch this movie since I got really into film. And so... All like all of my prior watches were from a theater background where I'm just appreciating it as an adaptation of theater and, and having mm-hmm. a good time with the music because the music in this is so much fun. Yeah. It's so good. This started on Broadway. Forgive the lighting the change. The ghost decided it didn't want us to be seen. Anyway. Started on Broadway. Started on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Before it was adapted to a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Broadway show was a hit. Did really well. And what I think. This movie is obviously not well rated. It is not generally liked by the public. It was panned hard for Diana Ross's performance in this. Why? People found her to be a grading dorothy they a a lot of the criticism is that she was too old to be dorothy i feel like that's just like thinly veiled racism and sexism yeah i mean it's bullshit sexism for dorothy or just like well yeah like the idea that that an older woman woman can't be how old is she older diana ross is 33 in this movie she's not old the character is 24 they they Get de-aged the, the character because out. they were like, we don't think 33 will play. Get the fuck In out. In the book, 
Dorothy is 10 goddamn years old. No adaptation is true to the book because none of us want to watch a 10-year-old be traumatized. Do you want to okay? something very ignorant? I didn't know it was sure. based on a book. I didn't know The Wizard of Oz was based on a book. Cinephile, baby. Do we have our social media clip for this week? I think we do. I don't even know how to respond to that. There's so many layers to that one in particular. Because how did you not know that The Wizard of Oz was a book by Frank Elbaum? First of all. Second of all, we live in Chicago where that book was written. Why do you think we have Oz Park? I, I literally knew none of this. Oz Park is like 0.2 miles away from my apartment. Yeah, it is. You were just like, ah, oh, they just real like the Wizard of Oz around here. You can go a, see the house where he wrote it. I thought it was a Frank Oz thing. I didn't know any of this, Kate. <laughs> I'm glad we have great content for socials this week, though. All Clip right. It. Well, well, first and foremost, The Wizard of Oz is a book. Thank you. So all adaptations of The Wizard of Oz. And Chell Silverstein did not write it. it no, was, he okay. did not. <laughs> I know you have the same picture that I have in my head. Remember somebody says Shel Silverstein? It's I that do. picture of that him. Cover that cover image. I was always a think choice. about Diary of a Wimpy Kid whenever I yeah. Yeah, it was that was a choice. Um, I don't even remember what I was talking about before this. I'm so agaga gassed that you you didn't know it was a book. I didn't. All right. Well, in the book, she's ten. Okay. She's a child. Child trauma, which is yes. like the whole point, you know. She's going into this fantasy world to like learn how to get home and the value of family. And okay, right, sure. That plays to a very specific audience, and it yeah. plays once. Mm -hmm. And you already have that. It's called The Wizard of Oz, starring Ju Judy Garland. This is clearly Hey, and I want to make this very clear because I feel like people don't always get this either. And mm -hmm. this is why Diana Ross got a lot of flack for this. This is not an adaptation of the 19, what, 39 movie. This thing's vibrating. I'm, I'm tapping the table. Yeah. This is not an adaptation of that movie. Uh -huh. It's an adaptation of the book. So you can't start Mother drawing parallels between the two. They, they're adapted off the same source material. They're not related to each other. Mm. So people are like, I don't know how she could take this role when she doesn't hold a candle to Judy Garland's innocence. That's not the point of this adaptation. We already have that. They all knew going into creating this before they even hired Diana Ross that they were not going to be able to hold a candle to that adaptation. Yeah. When they created the Broadway musical, they were not like, let's take the 1930s movie and set it in a vague, futuristic, dreamlike New York for fun. They were like, let's tell the original source material from a very different perspective, showing a very different journey. And that journey is understanding how to become who you want to be yeah. when everything else in when everything else in the world is conspiring against you, when it's set up to block you from being able to do that. You have a lot of feelings about The Wiz. I do, because I think people hate this movie because they simply do not understand it. And they don't like the musical because they don't understand it. But with a musical, there's more forgiveness for that because you're like, whatever, it's a musical. Yeah, I don't really yeah. care. I'm here to have a good time. Did I have a good time? Great. Which 
I also don't think it's fair to musical theater because I think there's a lot to be learned there. And if you're just going in for like a quick little laugh, a ha ha tee hee, you're missing a lot of the point. But Mm -hmm. neither here nor there. You get a little bit more forgiveness there if you can put on an entertaining show. You don't get as much forgiveness if you do a movie that is about a perspective that the majority of your audience can't relate to. Because let's be honest, the musical theater audience is very, very white. And so they're watching The Wiz. Like, I don't get it. She's not as good as Judy Garland. She's not doing the same role as Judy Garland. They might both be called Dorothy, babes, but it's a different character on a different journey. She's great. She's great. I don't know why. She is supposed to be a little bit weak and whiny. That's kind of the point of her whole arc. That's Dorothy. Is that she is scared of everything and has cause to be. I think that's also the point that it's trying to make. That... There is a lot to be afraid of when you are the marginalized community in a society. Okay. If I may interrupt you and ask you a pretty harder question. Okay. It's okay. Mary fuck kill. (laughs) I hate you. I hate you so much. Mary fuck kill. Uh Uh-huh. If you say the line, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow, I'm going to punch you. Answer. (laughs) I hate you so much. I hate you so much. I'm lying. I'm not going to answer that. I'll I, answer it. Please. Okay, but you have to answer it. I don't want to. I want to have an intellectual discussion the about base. the implications of the whiz. <laughs> I want to talk about the subtext. <laughs> I do not want to marry, fuck, or kill any of I them. I need you to debase this great piece of literature with me. I, I can't. Okay. The whiz. Sure. Matthew McConaughey is the whiz. Please continue. <laughs> I can make that joke every time. It will never get old for you. You always like it. No, it's a good one because you always you always somehow come up, manage to come up with the most cursed combination of things. Yeah, it's fun. Good God. Anyway. Fred McMurray's the whiz. I, fuck you. I really appreciate what they were trying to do Uh i think where this movie falls short and where some of the criticism is valid is that a lot of the performances can feel one note because and you run into this with a lot of musicals it's not unique to the whiz but when you have a lot of music and only maybe 30 percent of your songs are exposition and the rest of them are just entertainment Mm -hmm you lose some of those higher emotional moments that would allow for these actors to give you something different than what you've already seen. And here you go from a lot of like scenes where they are terrified and running from the crazy things in Oz that are trying to kill them to a really fun musical number. And so people are like, she just does, all she does is scream the whole movie. I'm like, well, she screams and she sings and that's pretty much all they let her do. Like that's how it's written. That's the way it's structured. That's what she was given. I think she does a great job with what she was given. Mm-hmm. I think they all do. And I think this is also a product of its time. And the music is a product of its time. It's very disco. And I love disco. So I don't have a problem with that. But disco tends to be long. Like it's long. It's a little bit repetitive. You get a lot of really fun musical numbers that don't really progress things. And I think you see a lot of directorial choices in this movie that are trying to progress things even when the music isn't letting them. Mm-hmm. Like 
the scene in Eveline's sweatshop where you have Brand New Day, which is one of the most, one of the most well-known songs. I think the most well-known is probably Ease On Down the Road, but one of the most. And it's this really big musical number that goes on for a long time. And he does, and I, I, I haven't seen this on stage, so I don't know if this is in the original book or not, but he chooses Sidney Lumet, chooses to have a moment in the middle of that where you have your kind of like disco, what's, what is the word that I'm looking for? Bridge, where everything kind of slows down as it does in a lot of disco songs. Um, all of the people that were basically enslaved by Eveline take off the masks and the costumes that they had to wear while they were in the sweatshop to dance basically in their underwear. Yeah. And the way it's shot and when it happens, because the song is talking about, you know, embracing your freedom, living the life that you want to live and being joyous about it, celebrating it loudly so that other people can hear. Mm-hmm. Choosing to have that transition happen in the middle instead of at the beginning, I think is his way of kind of showing you the journey of these people now that the person that's been oppressing them is gone, mm-hmm. coming into that and be being more comfortable and showing who they are. And it's very fun. I'm surprised this is not a four and a half star for Kate Napoli. This is only a four. Would you care to explain why it's only a four? I feel like you're so passionate about this. <laughs> I'm mostly just passionate about the like wh- people Easy shouldn't hate it. Yeah. People shouldn't hate it. This movie is, does not deserve that. Um, it's not a four and a half. I don't know. I don't even know that I could put it into words. I just know in my gut it's a four. It. I think it's not a four and a half because it's not one that I reach for. I really enjoy this movie. I love the music, but it's not one that I like come back to again and again. I think the same thing can be said for time. I think the same thing can be said for the wizard of Oz, the original, and this is definitely a hot take for that. But for me, it's just a simple thing of like, it's just hard. This is not keep my attention for that long. Like I don't, I'm not that interested. Yeah. At a certain point. And I think that's why it's a four. Yeah. It's not, it, it's two hours and 15 minutes and it is about 30 minutes too long. I think musicals, you have a really hard time doing anything over 145. And even 145 can be a stretch for mm-hmm. a musical. It's just like sonic exhaustion. There's, there's a lot that you need to pay attention to and inter- engage with. Mm-hmm. Uh, even be entertained by like it's it's I think musicals can be more demanding. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think you just have to engage more with the medium. Yeah, yeah. And I I think it's a genre that does have trouble translating to film. Would you like to direct a musical for film? Absolutely. I would do it in a heartbeat. It yeah. would be so much fun. Yeah. Get back in the director's chair for that. Oh my god, yeah. I like it'd be great. I I would have so much fun. Um. Oh, man, that would be. It is funny the guy that made 12 Angry Men made The Wiz. This is the only musical he did. And what I think is interesting is the main reason they hired him to do this is he had a reputation for finishing things on time and under budget. 
mm-hmm. and they were like we know how out of hand this could get we want to make sure that it doesn't so mm. we're going to hire somebody who knows what they're doing have you read his book making movies yeah i have not i have it on hold at libby though i'm waiting for my Do you want my copy i was giving you my copy oh my god yes I want to read his book. I just Bitch, been waiting. My library. <laughs> I gotta walk to your library. My bad. Didn't um, realize. I think you would really like it. Mm-hmm. I've read it a ton of times. Uh, yeah, his his book is very interesting because, like, obviously, it, I mean, it's called making movies, just about how he makes movies. Spoiler alert. Um, Love that. Straightforward to yeah, the point. It's interesting his process. He's very straightforward. No nonsense. No bullshit. There's this whole passage in that book. Where he's like talking about table reads. And I always think about this because it just makes me laugh out loud. He's like, you know, most people, you get some producers, some guys, you get the table read, blah, blah. He's talking about the dynamics of it. And you think he's going to give you some like great insight. Like this is one, in my opinion, one of the best guys to ever do it. And it's like in the opening pages of the books. He's like at the table read, some guys are gropers. I'm a hugger. I'm a squeezer. But don't be a groper at the table read. Some guys get in there, get a little few. It's like not even he didn't write like this, but I'm paraphrasing. Not even sexually, but some guys, you know, you just don't hold on too long. Give a hug, let it be it. And it just like you can tell Sydney Lumet had such a good <laughs> sense of humor. Oh my god. Um But yeah, no, it's really interesting. I think where like he sings is with his actors. Yeah. He's smart in everything, but he's excellent with his mm-hmm. with his acting troupe i also see a whole bunch of criticism on this where it's like it's so over the top acting it's the fucking it's, wizard of oz it it is a fantasy dream movie yeah. i mean and that's also not your, a musical i mean it is over top acting but like that's the it, point. It's not gonna be cinema verite you don't yeah. fuck yeah like it it fits the genre it's appropriate if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But if you they can't were giving criticize. Daniel Day Lewis in every scene, you'd be like, "What the fuck yeah. is this?" Why would you want realistic acting in The Wiz? I. Why would you want really nuanced, like? Dude, I have a. <sighs> there's a certain book series I've been looking over. There. I I was just like, wow, it's really dark. I, I know it's, it's not really supposed dark. to be this dark yet. Is. I hope it doesn't rain. Um, there's a certain book series mm-hmm. that I've been reading recently. Oh, God, I'm scared. You're surprised I'm really into it. I can't say it out loud because I'm about to bash somebody, so I don't. Cut this. There. Okay, so, you know, back to it. You know there's a certain book, set of books, that, that's been adapted to screen. I yes. know you've read these books. I don't know how long it's been since you have. But, a while, but yeah. Uh, but they're they're there's goofy to them, mm-hmm. but they're being adapted in a way it's so tonally, in my opinion, fucking stupid. It's so off putting. I don't know if you've seen those movies. I uh, yeah. You have okay. Yeah. They're they're so like so stupid that it doesn't. I think the one thing you owe to adapting any sort of text is the tone. The tone has to be the same. You yeah. can pretty much do anything else you want. But why are you going to adapt something if you're not going to copy the tone? Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. That's what makes something sing. You can't just like, like make your own fucking thing then, schmuck. I, it doesn't, yeah. It, it, what's the point of adapting you know something if you funny? don't capture the tone of it? I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. 
everything else is like moot. Like you could, you could like, I mean, you could argue some people like certain stuff. Like I was just talking to my friend about this is separate, but my friend about the Percy Jackson movies. Um, <laughs> I think I I personally did not like not liked Percy Jackson movies when they came out because I was so obsessed with those books. Yeah, but they did capture the tone. Anyways, the first one did at least. Yeah, I, it, yeah. It, it massacred a lot of the other material in there, but it did capture the tone, and I think that has more to do with the acting than anything else. But that's what we're talking about today. You're gonna say something though. I was gonna say it's just kind of, and this is not about the whiz. This is more back to the series you were talking about. Yeah, but. It's just kind of embarrassing when somebody pulls up on the scene and like hits the tone for the material you're working with better than you do on a completely original concept. I, that is absurd to me. Yeah. Again, this is not about the whiz. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I, we've seen that happen actually a couple of times in the last decade and I'm like, Gee. Yeah. Maybe you all need to like sit with the source material and talk to some people who are really passionate about it to figure out what it is that you're adapting. I think where adaptations get fucked is that that really is for some reason an area where you can see the difference between being made by a committee, being the studio and and executives versus being made by a group of people that are really passionate about it and are artists. Yeah. Of course, with anything, there's compromise, and you have to when you have big corporate financiers. But of course. It, it, like watching adaptations or remakes, I have nothing against any of those. It's just you need to get shit right, and mm-hmm. when they're made to hit certain quadrants of the entertainment audience, yeah, I, I really think adaptations are, in my opinion the hardest thing to do mm-hmm. in in any medium really but especially in film like i it's so rarely done well and it doesn't even matter what you're adapting it's yeah. hard yeah and to do it well requires a lot of work and a lot of passion a bug yeah it's a it's a fruit fly it's just crawling around i don't know like that'll help right where is it no, the I, camera bag. I was talking about, yeah. Yeah. You were just blowing into the air. The thing is like five feet away from I'll you. I'll feel it. Okay. All right. Adaptations. Um, I, when they're done well, they're so good. Yeah. And I think where this, in my personal opinion, and I think everybody else is wrong, succeeds as an adaptation is it reimagines it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to take something that's already been done and already been done well, like you have the iconic 30s movie. If you're going to take the same source material as something that's already been done well, you have to give it a new voice. Otherwise, what is the point? Yeah. Similar to our conversation earlier about the new Harry Potter series and they're also making Twilight a series. I, I will... That shit makes me absolutely livid because you know there's there's no other way you could take that. There's no spin you could add here that would make that interesting. Do you know what the people have been clamoring for for years now that they could have done that people would have wanted to watch? Lolita. Fuck you. No. A 
Marauders series that focuses on James Potter, Sirius Black, yeah, Remus Lupin, and that other bitch that we don't talk about. Yeah. I would have watched that. That I would have been excited for. If they were like, you know what? We really need to make a cash cow off of the Harry Potter series. Because they know people will come in, yeah. sign up for HBO Max. Because we know that's down, what it is. It's just it. a cash cow. Fine. You could have at least given us a story we haven't already seen. Yeah. yeah. There is there is a wealth of stories to be told in the Harry Potter universe. Mm-hmm. You could have done it. And instead you were like, no. We're going to take the movies that everybody's already seen and everybody already loves that launched so many careers in like that we all grew up with and we're going to just take them and make it TV series. Yeah. Why would I watch that? I already know how it ends. This has been a fired up episode. It makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. Same thing with Twilight. You have hundreds of years of those vampires' lives that you could have explored before they ever met Bella. And instead you were like, nah, let's let's just tell the same story we've already told. I know how it ends. I feel zero compulsion to watch your show. Anyway. I love that we have like a, essentially a written digital record of all of our opinions about just entertainment with this podcast. Yeah. This is going to serve... This is going to be really funny about 20 years when we look back and see about what our opinions were now versus I'm not fucking changing. I I know I'm not going to change my opinion. I know right now my opinion on a lot of things will change. Retelling stories that we've already told with absolutely nothing to add to them ain't going to be one of them. Anyway, it makes me so mad, dude. Love the whiz. You're going to do an adaptation give it flavor give me something i haven't already seen i know the story of dorothy but i didn't know this story of dorothy until i watched this movie it's great that's what i want i don't think i'm asking that much when you feel anger where do you feel it in your body (laughs) your head your shoulders right here Right here. In my it just chest. <laughs> it just burns. In my chest. Uh, all it right. just sits here and it swells until I can't contain it anymore. And then I just release it under the world. I'm getting worried about the light. I feel like it's dimming. I was just going to say the same thing. I think she's dying. You want to go recommend a theater? That may give us a perfect little segue. Yeah. Let's do it. Hopefully you can still see us. All right. Here's your theater. We're back again. We're back and we're wrecking a movie theater. Doing a little wrecking. And what better theater to do than a New York theater? We haven't done that before. There are a lot in New York, though, which is great. Yeah. We are doing the Stewart Cinema in Brooklyn, which is a black and Latina owned. Black, Latina, female-owned movie theater. The first one, I believe, as reported by NPR, mm-hmm. in New York. So I'm going to read a little bit here. Um, it is owned by Emmeline Stewart. Very pretty name. I like the yeah. name Emmeline. Uh, it was born out of a frustration with getting distribution as a film producer out in New York. She dreamed of the theater where she could, quote, eat dinner because she does not want to have a hot dog. I feel that. 
they do a mix of first run rep and mystery programming. It's not only a great place to eat and watch a movie. It's also a fantastic resource for filmmakers. We love that. Who we need do. a place to screen their movies and a way to secure distribu- distribution um, and even a way to feed their crews with their film catering service. It's really, really cool. She's yeah. got it kind of all in one. And I believe based off this article, they're looking to expand too, right? Yeah, they're looking at opening a multiplex second location. So the location they have right now, which I believe is in Brooklyn, also yeah. in Brooklyn. It is. Um, this is the one we did last week was also in Brooklyn. Um, We're nothing if not consistent. That is so true. We also pick a lot of movies that are set in New York or New York adjacent. Um, there, so the one in Brooklyn, the one that's open right now, is a single screen, and she's looking to open a multiplex uh, somewhere else in the city. Yeah. And I think she had found a location. She was working on securing it, but she, they make all of their food for the theater. Yeah, and says in house empanadas, chickpeas, salad mm-hmm. wraps, cupcakes, all the stuff. Make a lot of really delicious food. Love an empanada with a movie. And my favorite thing about I love that they do that. I love that they also will allow filmmakers to like use that as a catering service for their sets because getting good food on a set is important. Um, you want your crew fed and happy and ready to work. Mm-hmm. And pizza doesn't cut it once you're like past twenty three years old. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, And I think it's just a great, smart way to diversify what they offer there. And to me, the biggest thing is that it's a great way to get distribution uh, for smaller filmmakers. Because if you don't know, which I would imagine most of you don't, I feel like this is not something... Yeah, unless you're making movies, you wouldn't. Yeah. But if you want to qualify for certain awards... Or get distribution. You have to show that a film has played. And usually that's they need you to have four-walled something. Which means it needs to have played in a brick-and-mortar theater to a public audience. Um, And that can be a really expensive process. A very expensive process. So expensive. And then you have to negotiate against what else they're playing. You know... They need to make money. The theater that you're working with needs to make money off of the thing that you're showing. If they're going to show you versus something else that they could show that they know will make money. And it can be a really tricky, expensive process to get done. And I think uh, finding ways to make that more accessible to younger or independent filmmakers is a huge thing for the community. Especially in the age of the internet. Yeah, it's great. Because there are a lot of places that just they'll be like, okay, great. You have a couple hundred thousand views on this video on YouTube. I don't care. It, that means nothing to them. Yeah. If you haven't played in a physical theater, they don't care. Um, so making that accessible, I think, is really great. End on this because I'm going through this NPR article too. Um, and I really, really like this. So she started as a producer. She produced films for over a decade. And then she made this movie called The Turnaround. She was trying to get distribution for it. And she had this quote in this article about a gatekeeper. Um, I'm, she doesn't name it, but I'm assuming it's a theater owner. But she says this. I remember walking out of there and thinking, so that's it. We'll relate to this. So my entire investment, the investment of all these people, the work of all these writers, directors, actors is void. Because this one guy in this one place made this decision. Why is he going to decide that? I said, I'm going to build my own movie theater and I will decide what people should watch. Love it. Yeah. I love that. That's balls. That's chutzpah. Indeed. I used to say chutzpah, but it's chutzpah. She's got it. 
<laughs> go support Stewart Cinema in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Go check them out. I'm really excited about the multiplex. I hope that opens soon. That's very suck. Um, Any we theater will be going the that next makes time we're there. Yeah, and if they make empanadas in house, they're fine by me. Do you yeah. want to go? Hey, you want to go ease on down the road now that we're done? Oh my God, yeah, I can go teach you the two Yeah, steps. do the two <laughs> All right, we're going to go ease on down the road. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Brewies. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, feel free to argue with us in the comments of our social media on Instagram at Brewies underscore show. And next week, we're watching Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs>